such a fitting song for what we're going to be talking about this morning. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, not my own wisdom, but Christ's wisdom that is in me. That's how we will make it through this life. This morning, as we read from Proverbs, we'll be in Proverbs 1, read 8 through 33 together, and we'll pray. Proverbs 1, verse 8, hear my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and a pendant for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive. And whole, like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our house with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil. And they make haste to shed blood, for in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of of its possessors. Wisdom cries aloud in the street, in the marketplace. She raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out, At the entrance of the city gates she speaks, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refuse to listen. I stretched out my hand and no one has heeded because you have ignored all my counsel And would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm. And your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me. But I will not answer. They will seek me diligently. But will not find me. Because they hated knowledge. And did not choose the fear of the Lord. Would have none of my counsel. And despise all of my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way, and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread or disaster. Let's pray this morning. Father, so oftentimes do we try to take this life on by ourselves. God, by our own understanding, by our own wisdom, by our own Uh, ambitions, Father. God, your word says that we are to delight in your law. And God, we are to look to your word for wisdom, for true wisdom, as we learned last week. So Father, as we dive into this word, Father, allow them to be, God, words that you would speak to these people. God, if there's someone here right now that is down the road and walking on the road of foolishness, Father, God, bring them to the right path. God, pierce their heart, Father, this morning that they may get off the wrong road and, Father, on the right road, which is wisdom in you. Father, we love you and, God, we thank you 
God, use this time in a mighty way right now. We ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated, church family. It's not a competition. It's not a competition unless whoever initiates the competition wins. That's how it is in my house or now my parents' house that y'all that are following me, we're living with my, my, my family, just put it out there. So anytime I reference my house, know that it's not my house, it's my parents' house. But, but that's how it is in our house, at least, right? Mason is at the phase of life to where everything is a race and he has to be the winner or else he gets upset. Everything he does. If he doesn't win, he gets upset. From being the first one uh, done brushing his teeth and getting into bed first before uh, everyone else, racing me in the parking lot to the car first, buckling the seatbelt first, like everything is a competition to him. Now, I'm just letting you know, I don't let him win. I don't, right? Um, I may be big, but I'm I'm a fast big guy in short distances. And he may beat me and other, like in the other siblings sometimes, but I make sure to win at almost everything that he tries to throw my way. Everything. I mean, I am just as competitive as he is. But I've got to make sure that he knows who the dominant male is as long as I can. Because I know, I know there'll be a day that he will smoke me at a lot of things down the road, right? So I've got to get my wins in early, right? So that's what I do. But, but that is how siblings are most of the time. Everything turns into a competition and someone always ends up losing and most of the time upset because they didn't win. It's either Coleman or Mason crying and I don't really know how to stop that. And then Holly comes in and she tries to help. She says, well, babies, not everything is a competition, which I respond to that with. If you're not first, you're last. And so I feel like I kind of help. We kind of balance each other out. But everything is not a competition but it is. I'm here to tell you that it is. This morning, we're going to find out from Proverbs that your life, your life is a competition. Your life is contested space. Your heart, your soul, your mind, they're all being competed for. They're all being competed for. And Proverbs is going to uh, consistently raise the question of who will win. Who will win your attention, your affection, your allegiance? Who will win in the contested space of your life? To answer that well, we need to consider the nature of this competition. And this text that we just read can help us understand the nature, just the nature of the competition that we're, we're in. So let's look at these verses again. And break down just how we are to navigate as we listen to true wisdom and walk down the right path of wisdom each and every day of our lives. See, this passage begins with my son. That's not to limit the offer of wisdom to young males. What that does is it places wisdom in the context of the first and the most fundamental community, and that's the family. Wisdom comes from the family. Wisdom is, uh, in this book, comes mostly in the voice of a mom and dad. According to this book, the ideal world, the home should be the first and main place for the wise life. But that's in the ideal world. 
We don't live in an ideal world. It doesn't take a lot of observation to see that there are a lot of parents who aren't wise. It doesn't take a lot of observation to see that no parent is perfectly wise. I know that I am not. I am not, right? So, so why should we trust the mom and dad here in chapter 1 and the mom and dad who speak throughout the book of Proverbs? Why should we trust them as they address us? We'll see why in just a few moments. But then, but then there's this dramatic shift from the private space of the home to the very public place of the market. There is a shift of voices. We are no longer hearing from mom and dad, but, but this type of street preacher whose wisdom is personified as a woman who cries out for attention and who calls down destruction on those who will not pay attention to her. So a better description of this, woman wisdom here, a better description of this, the street preacher in the Old Testament context is prophet. Woman wisdom, as she speaks here in Proverbs, sounds a lot like an Old Testament prophet. What do prophets do? What is the role of the prophet? It's to be the mouthpiece of God. It is to mediate the voice of God to people. This is the role of the prophet, right? So here is how Proverbs 1 connects mom and dad to woman wisdom preaching like a prophet. It's to say the reason that you can trust mom and dad is because they are an example of human community applying divine application. Human community applying divine application. That's why, that's why that we can trust the mom and dad here in Proverbs and throughout Proverbs. Better yet, when we listen to this wisdom and apply it, verse 9 says that, that the, they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. See, a, a garland, I know a lot of y'all already know this, but a garland was a victor's wreath. In Proverbs 4, the garland stands in parallel with a beautiful crown, and a pendant was a chain around your neck as a mark of prestige. See, this wisdom that this mom and dad are giving will make you different. It will cause you to stand out. The father is saying, if you listen to me, the mother is saying, if you listen to me, my wisdom will make you attractive. This morning, church, God did not call us and God did not make us for mediocrity. He made us for glory. And he gets us there through wisdom, God's wisdom. God's wisdom is beautiful and impressive. If you seek true wisdom, as we learned last week, then you seek Christ and his word and not the world. But how? But how are we to tell between the two voices and paths that are competing for our attention here? How are we to know? See, I can drive down the road because I know my vehicle and know what my vehicle is supposed to sound like. I can tell when there's something wrong. I, uh, it will drive me crazy until I fix it. It will drive my father-in-law crazy who is a, a, used to be a mechanic. Uh, I, for some reason, I just go to him for all my mechanic issues. But it will drive him crazy because I will drive him crazy until we fix it. Like It's, just, it's one of those things. But I, I know what my car is supposed to sound like, and I know 
when it's messed up, I know when there's something going on, and so I, it drives me crazy until I fix it. Holly, however, on the other hand, will drive down the road and just think that the knocking sound is normal. So, I mean, like, there, there's, there's a difference, right? Or better yet, every parent, every parent in here knows the voice of their child. You can be in a house full of kids, it doesn't matter what's going on, and every parent can hear a child cry and stop for a second and they go, oh, that's not mine. Like, right? <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Holly, they, they can tell, right? They can tell by the cry whether it's theirs or not in a matter of seconds because you know your child's voice. You have had constant conversation with them and you love them deeply, right? Let me put it this way. Whatever we are most familiar with is what direction and voice we will follow and listen to. Right? So, so what are you more familiar with this morning? Are you more familiar with God or the world? Are you more familiar with God or the world? Because as we talked about last week, true wisdom begins and ends with a listening posture before a communicating God. You can only find that in God's Word. We must be in God's Word and not seek wisdom from social media or, or news on the TV. We have to, we have to stop, right? We, we must familiarize ourselves with true wisdom. Put down your phones, cut off the TV, and get familiar with God's Word because if you don't, you will not be able to distinguish between the competing voices of this world. You won't. You won't. And so mom and dad here in these first few verses give a warning that comes straight from God's word. Uh, verses 10 through 14. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall find our house. We shall fill our house with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will have one purse. Think about this lecture that mom and dad are giving here, right? They, the, the lecture they're, they're making to their son. What do they do there? They work out the details of life in three of the Ten Commandments. They apply what God has to say about stealing, about murder, and at the heart of all, covetousness. Then, then, then they give several warnings about how the son is to not do the things that the other competing voices call them to do. Look at verse 15. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. The parents let the son know that their fate is sealed. Verse 18 says, by, by these men, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the great ways, such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessor. See, the parents here, parents in Proverbs, are setting up two competing paths. They're setting up two competing paths here. Way before Robert Frost, Proverbs presented us with two paths for our lives. Not necessarily in the yellow woods, but two roads diverge nonetheless, right? This morning, I want you to know that your life is divided by two paths. Your life is divided by two paths. Wisdom, wisdom is the ability 
to put one foot in front of the other in the right direction. It is the ability to know these two roads diverging and to walk on the right one. There cannot be two right roads. In a world that we live in, everything is right, right? Everything is acceptable. Everything is okay. And there, that's not the way that God points us to. That's not God's word. That's not scripture. There cannot be two right answers. There cannot be two right roads. What is the contrast? Which one is the way of the fool? Well, verse 19 says it like this. The one that ignores God and pursues personal gain at the expense of others. The one that ignores God and pursues personal gain at the expense of others. The path that we are to stay on and head towards is the one that applies God's law and the one that loves God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and, the love, uh, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It is to fear God and per- to pursue the benefit of others even at the expense of your own gain. See, two competing roads here diverge. Why should we choose one over the other? Because every road has a destination. Every road has a destination. You see how the parents take away the enticement of these other competing voices by showing their end, by showing their destination, by showing where their path leads. Those who attempt to swallow up others for their own foolishness foolishness are swallowed up by the grave and left empty. Those who set traps for others are in reality setting up traps for their own destructions. Those who pursue uh, possessions in their in this distorted way, their lives are left empty. They pursue gain and they find loss. And then and then we see woman wisdom. We see woman wisdom pick up this dark version of the future and she says that I will laugh at those who laugh at me. I will close my mouth to those who close their ears. And, and, and as she does this, she's not just talking about self-destructiveness, which is it's just a part of foolishness. There is a self-destructive element to foolishness, of course, right? But, but woman wisdom is also referring to divine judgment. She echoes Psalms 2 right here, where God himself laughs at those who laugh at him and mocks those who continue in their rebellion against his ways and against his design. Regina Spector sings this song, and I've never heard of it until I was reading this commentary this past week. But I want to read just a few lyrics to you guys uh, and let you know kind of uh, uh, what this song is about. It says, No one laughs at God in a hospital. No one laughs at God in a war. No one's laughing at God when they're starving or freezing or so very poor. No one laughs at God when the doctor calls after some routine test. No one's laughing at God when it's gotten real late and their kid's not back from the party yet. No one laughs at God when their airplane starts to uncontrollably shake. No one laughs at God when the cops knock on the door and they say, we've got some bad news. No one's laughing at God when there's famine or fire or flood. For the ones that think they have everything figured out and don't need God. This scripture warns you 
that you will not have the last laugh. You will not have the last laugh. Don't, don't hear me say, let me, let, me, let me go back here a second. Don't hear me say that God will, will laugh at you for dying and going to hell. No, that's, 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 not what, that's not what this is referring to. This is referring to the same way we cheer when the bad guy is defeated at the end of every movie. This is the same way that we feel when, when God, or sorry, when good defeats evil, we rejoice at it, right? I just watched uh, The Batman. I don't know if that's probably appropriate to even say, but uh, it's, it probably could have cut out an hour of that during mo- motorcycle scenes. But, like, it's the way that I felt when, when Batman was, was, was helping all, and this is so weird, I'm such a nerd, um, when Batman was helping all these people, and the good, even though evil was there, good was still prevalent and still winning despite all of that evil. Right? That's the way, that's, that's what the scripture is talking about here. He does not laugh because of what you will face. He laughs because he hates evil that much, and, and it has been defeated once more in the judgment. That's what he's talking about. That's the way we should live our life. But see, you don't have to keep going down this path. There is a, there's this dark path towards death, but there's another destination. Verse 23 says, turn. If you will turn and respond to the voice of wisdom, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. In Scripture, only God, only God pours out His spirit. That phrase right there is only used of God. Only used by God. And it is yet another hint that when we hear wisdom's voice, we are hearing God speak and communicate. See, this is God saying, I will pour out my spirit on you if you will walk this way. The spirit that hovered at the beginning of creation and that made life possible will pour out his spirit on you and give you true wisdom. That's what he's saying this morning. You see, this destination, the path of true wisdom, isn't just the gift of bare survival. It's not. It is the destination of the full life that comes from being in the presence of God. It is the fullness of life that comes from communion with him. It breathes life into you. That's what God does. And yet knowing all of this, yet knowing all of this, so many will continue down the path of foolishness. Foolishness is to see the possibility of good and not turn towards it. Proverbs says that there are two paths. One flowers in death and distance from God. The other flowers in life and nearness to God. Like Deuteronomy says, I'm setting before you death and life. Choose life. Some of you here today are on the road to destruction and foolishness. And, and, and this scripture right here is scary. It's a scary message unless we continue reading scripture and make our way to the prophet Isaiah in chapter 11, verse 2, where it says, 
And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We read a little further to the New Testament and see Jesus emerging from the waters of the Jordan after being baptized by John. And the spirit of God in the form of a dove descending on him, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom. Then we read a little further and see in John 12 where Jesus reads from Isaiah and says that Isaiah was referring to him, referring to Jesus. See, this is a scary message unless we hear Jesus say to us, repent. Repent is the word turn that we see in verse 23 in Proverbs, right? Repent. Turn, there is another way, turn and believe, because not only did he walk the perfect path before us, he suffered the destination of our foolishness. Jesus on the cross suffered for the path of foolishness so that he could take fools like us and put us on the path towards God and the path towards life. Jesus suffered the storm of God's judgment so that he could pour out on us the spirit of wisdom. This morning, church, your life, your life needs wisdom. Your life needs wisdom. Your life needs wisdom today. Your life is a contest. It's a competition. But if you are in Jesus, that competition has been won. That contest has been won. Yet, yes, he still calls you to wisdom, and yes, you will walk that path imperfectly. I know I do each and every day. But in the end, you will get to the destination of the wise person. Not because you have been perfectly wise, but because the perfectly wise one gave his life for you suffered the destination that your path deserved so that he could take you off the path of death and lead you to the life in God, which is true wisdom. It's true wisdom. Verse 32, For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. What competing voice and path will you follow this morning? Will you follow the foolish, the foolishness of this world, or will you follow and walk down the path of true wisdom? Don't just listen to the wise voice of the mother and father here in Proverbs 1, but will you hear the voice of the perfect son who leads us to the father and who pours out on us the spirit of wisdom? How will you walk? Will you walk in your own capacity, in your own ability, in your own wisdom, or will you walk in the spirit that has been given to you, given to us, who teaches us and empowers us with God's life-giving wisdom. I pray that you do that this morning. Let's pray. Thank you for watching or listening to one of our sermons. We would love to have the opportunity to connect with you one-on-one. 
We are not a perfect church, but we are a joyful church, and we want to help you increase your joy in Christ. We would love for you to come and worship with us one day soon. You'll be able to find information about our worship services, about who we are, what we believe, what we do, and what we're hoping to accomplish on our website at ironcity.org. And we would invite you to go and to check out all the information there. We look forward to seeing you soon. 